Today, we're chatting with a world-class expert on deep insights into diversifying your marketing. You definitely don't want to miss this one, so don't you change that dial or drop that phone. We're about to level it up and shatter the mold. Question. In a world where groupthink is the norm, others want what you've earned, and thinking for yourself will get a target painted on your back, how do you flip the script and level up your business, your money, relationships, your health, your status, and your life? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Andrew S. Kaplan, and it's time to shatter the mold. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Shatter the Mold, Andrew S. Kaplan. Really excited to be here with you today. We've got an awesome, awesome guest. Before we get there, as always, quick update on the last Law of Attraction book you'll ever need to read. Thank you to everyone who continues to buy the book, who reads it, who gives those five-star rate reviews, and also who sends in emails to me, letting me know how you're liking the content, confirming that it's working so well for you, and of course, spreading the word about it and letting others know about how well the content is really working for you. It's a great run so far. The book's been featured in Yahoo and USA Today and in a Forbes article very recently. And if you haven't checked out yet, now's the time. Feel free to go on over to lastlawofattractionbook.com. That'll auto-forward to the Amazon listing where you can check it out in Kindle or paperback or audiobook if you prefer. Or you can just feel free to check out the YouTube channel that's devoted to it, and that's at youtube.com slash Andrew Cap. With that said, let's get into the guest of today. Timothy Dick is a serial entrepreneur running multiple seven-figure businesses, and he's been featured on the Inc. 5000 list for three different companies. He's the founder of Profit Layer, which is a boutique consulting firm with a digital agency arm that is focused on managing large companies on all major ad platforms with a major focus on ROI, attribution, big data, and finding the right combination of marketing channels to layer together to achieve the best results. I'm sure we're going to learn a lot from him today. So without any further ado, Shatter the Mold warmly welcomes Tim Dick. Tim, thank you so much for being here, my friend, and welcome to Shatter the Mold. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Now, I just want to, you know, quickly ask you, because I know you've got, you've got a lot of stuff going on. You, you really dive deep. You've, you've been in a lot of different areas, and I know, like, SaaS is big for you. I did want to ask you specifically, you know, so that we have some context diving in, uh, your Endeavor Profit Layer. What, what's that really entail, and, and how do you serve people through it? Yeah, so Profit Layer is really um, something that kind of – is based upon all the experiences that I've had. Like you said, you know, they have been pretty varied over the years. Um, and, and I've had uh, success in different industries, different businesses, as an investor, as an entrepreneur. And all that kind of um, comes together to give me a really unique uh, perspective uh, that lets me help uh, businesses grow. And so Profit Layer is uh, basically a consulting firm where we uh, help uh, companies evaluate everything that they're doing in terms of marketing and uh, help them uh, create a growth plan that, uh, you know, incorporates a lot of things that maybe they're overlooking or maybe it's just not common. So as an example, if someone uh, has a business, maybe they're running Facebook ads or Google ads or YouTube ads, um, we might, uh, you know, be able to go in and look at things and figure out how they can diversify because one of the biggest things that a lot of people don't realize is that Facebook and Google, while they're massive ad networks, um, that's still a tiny fraction of the internet. So there's lots of options out there and we help people find the, the best combination and, uh, 
help them profitably grow and scale their marketing and generate more profit for the business. Awesome. Now, obviously, we're not talking about a, a one size fits all situation. We're talking about, you know, individual needs, individual situations. But given that you said, like, not everything is Facebook, for example, mm-hmm. what are some examples or even just one example of something that most people might not even be thinking of that they really could throw into the mix to get them a little extra bang for their buck? Yeah, I think one of the biggest ones is uh, basically what we you know, what we would call like programmatic advertising. And, you know, I know that sounds like a, probably sounds complicated, but the the best way to explain it is that everywhere on the, you know, the internet, almost every major website that you go to has banner ads or, you know, some type of ads on them. And one of the misconceptions is that let's say, uh, you know, ESPN.com or, uh, you know, a major site like that, a major news site. Um, One of the misconceptions is that if you are advertising and you have like a banner ad on that site that, you know, it's probably costing a fortune, you know, because obviously it's like, you know, CNN.com or foxnews.com or ESPN.com or business insider, you know, any of the major websites, you know, the misconception is that, you know, you're spending a lot of money if you're on there. But one of the things that uh, we can do is we can basically target specific people that would be, uh, you know, good potential customers for the client that, you know, we're working with and basically have those ads show up on major sites like that all over the internet um, based upon the uh, the types of customers that they're looking for. You know, we basically can create kind of a, a targeting algorithm uh, where, you know, we show those ads to people that are similar to their current customers or their ideal fit. But uh, basically we're going out on the broad internet so with, uh, you know, display ads. Right. This is awesome. So, you know, hearing what you say here, it's clear to me, and I didn't even realize this, that, you know, again, we'll use ESPN. You know, you see ESPN and most people don't have the money to pour into a campaign that's going to go to everybody the way, you know, commercials go out to everybody whenever you're watching. And what you guys can do, basically, especially using sophisticated targeting technology and algorithms that only get better and better by the day, is you get the same effect. You get ESPN, but you're not paying for like, if you're um, an athletics company, you're not paying for a grandmother to see it because it's not going to go there. You're going to pay for the people that might actually have that interest in that specific product, making these big areas, these big um, spots that are very desirable. And there's a perceive of being very expensive. Uh, it's basically making them accessible to smaller businesses if they need them. Yeah, that's a, you know, that's um, definitely a really great point with it. It's something that uh, in general, it's, you know, you could be talking um, about uh, a cost of, you know, a few cents, you know, to show that ad. And again, it's all about like who you're showing it to, because um, another, another thing, you know, is that even if um, it it doesn't matter what the product is, because there are some websites that uh, are common, you know, major websites that people just visit regularly 
you know, so like if you're into sports, you probably visit ESPN um, for business. You know, people might visit Wall Street Journal, Business Insider, uh, certain uh, news sites. You know, they just kind of in their day to day routines, you know, are visiting those sites anyway. So with the targeting that we can do, you know, we can basically um, even if let's say that we're offering a gardening product, you know, and we have the ability to go in and uh, basically create a custom uh, custom algorithm in a way, a custom targeting model that will show ads for that gardening product to people that are likely interested in the gardening product based on the data that we have. Uh, and so if they check the weather, weather.com or go to ESPN.com or any of those sites, um, you know, they're the people that see it are people that, you know, meet our targeting criteria. So it doesn't even have to be related to the topic of the site necessarily. Um, you know, a lot of people are familiar with retargeting, which is, um, basically where, when someone, you know, goes to a website, they start seeing ads for that site, you know, all over the internet. This is kind of just the reverse in that we actually show the ads to people that are likely to buy based upon targeting without them going to your website first. Wow. So you're basically, I mean, that's awesome. In other words, there's a, there's a predictive level here where you're going a step further to get people in front of a crowd or in front of eyeballs that are suited to them that they otherwise might not even know how to get in front of, even though they know that's their ideal customer. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's also a huge credibility factor with it because, you know, depending on, you know, what kind of service you, you offer, if, someone engages, you know, with one of your ads or, you know, they, maybe they're researching you or they see you and somehow they end up in, uh, you know, in, uh, we'll call it kind of like the, the pipeline, uh, you know, and then they start seeing you in different places, you know, so they might see you again, like if they, if they're into sports and they check the weather and that they may end up seeing you on, all of those sites that they use like that. Um, And there's a big credibility piece because again, like you said, the perceived uh, cost and exposure there, they're, they're looking at, wow, you know, this, this guy's everywhere. I, you know, I, he must, must be a really, really solid expert because, you know, everywhere, everywhere I go, I see, I see it. And, uh, that's, you know, that's really powerful, especially if you think about uh, it could be local or um, or national. You know, if it's like a local area and someone is, you know, searching for, say, a dentist and um, they get in the pipeline for a campaign that we're running, um, then they start seeing uh, the ads uh, for that dentist all over the place, everywhere they go as they're using the internet the way they normally would. Wow. That's awesome. So like 
what, what's really cool about, you know, like hearing what you're saying, this is people can basically, you know, they've got that status and that social proof of being pervasive and they can be more pervasive than they even realize. And obviously, you know, something about this is I imagine like with Facebook, you know, there's always challenges in every format. Like Facebook, if I'm not mistaken, it's still a situation where you can't put the word you in your messaging because mm-hmm. they say it's too targeted or who knows what they're saying. Um, I wonder, are there any specific other large platforms that have any other issues like that? Like you can't use the word you or are other platforms way easier in a type of messaging that you can choose? Um, you know, every platform has, has its nuances and pros and cons. Um, I, I would really kind of separate platforms into two categories. So one would be like Facebook and Facebook ads work very well. You know, I'm not saying that they don't and, you know, they're Facebook and Google and YouTube are often, you know, part of what we do, you know, in, in terms of, uh, part of someone's campaign, but we like to just diversify and stack things because like you said, with using uh, certain words or phrases, um, you know, you're working with their algorithm and their rules and each platform is a little different, but I think uh, in general, you can kind of separate it into social platforms and uh, other platforms. So Facebook being social their algorithm is designed to uh, keep people on their site, consuming more content, engaging in more content. And they uh, also factor in things as crazy as it sounds, you know, the Facebook algorithm is looking at all these, all these things like, uh, you know, is this ad going to make this person happy? So this is, is pretty crazy, but like, you know, if one of the things that a lot of people don't, don't know is like the images even in an ad on Facebook, you know, if you have an image that Facebook scores everything, you know, in terms of the images, the copy and all that, and they rate how uh, positive or negative, there's a, um, a numerical score that they use to see, you know, if this is a happy ad or a negative ad and uh, they, they want people to be happy and, you know, and get those dopamine hits and stay on their platform. So you're always having to tweak things with them because since they're a social platform, you know, their goal is to keep people consuming their content and to stay on the site, you know, so they're not as happy when you get people to go off the site, you know, like clicking on your ad. Um, Whereas like some other platforms, like a search platform, like Google or YouTube, even uh, they want to show the most relevant result because someone's searching for something specific. And so they want to show the most relevant result to people and uh, get people off the site. Um, and then, you know, with the display ads, like we were talking about on the Internet, those are those are more open because that is basically how sites those sites monetize. So, you know, like if it's you know like a a news site, you know the way that they monetize is by having ads on their site. So they don't really have a, an algorithm that that you're having to fight with to because you may have opposing goals. Um, you know, they basically 
are it's a lot more straightforward behind the scenes where it's uh their their only goal is to have an ad in that spot and as long as you you know we're not promoting anything that's like uh you know like negative or uh you know really um like a scam or hostile or something you know they don't have as many restrictions so you know kind of it's just a matter of thinking about uh the type of platform and the intent you know what social media platforms um ones that are like search based with intent and then the third one are just ones that they just have ad space to fill you know, it's really fascinating to hear these differences that they make perfect sense when you're saying them, but a lot of people just don't don't think of it. I know that even mm-hmm. me, I like to think of myself as good at marketing, but I because I'm not engaging this myself, I'm not thinking about these key differences. I'm wondering because again, some of these things you've got to be a little more sophisticated and some are more straightforward. Does the difference of being sophisticated or straightforward make something more or less um, expensive by nature, or does that not even figure into the equation? Um, you know, I, I think that it, it really, everything, everything's custom, you know? And so one of the things that, you know, we, we do differently is that, you know, we, we basically most ad agencies, you know, they, um, you know, they offer to run ads and, you know, it's kind of like here are the ad networks we work with, you know, we're Facebook ads or Google ads or search ads or whatever. Um, we, we take a different approach in that everything with us starts really with kind of a consultation where, and I'm not talking like a sales call consultation. I'm talking where after someone, uh, you know, hires us, we really dive into everything that they're doing and everything that uh, we think could be a good option for them and put it out there. So depending upon what they're selling, uh, you know, what their goals are as a company, like if they need to generate sales fast, or if they want to, uh, you know, spend, uh, they're willing to make less money initially because they get a lot of repeat buys. We help people figure all that out. And so I don't think that it's really a matter of a complex, you know, the complexity of the offer. It's, uh, it's really uh, just a matter of every situation being unique. And, um, you know, we, we know through experience and just um, the different, all the different industries that uh, we've managed uh, ad accounts for um, and just in building my own businesses, you know, I've uh, had to learn, you know, over the years and, uh, you know, I've spent tens of millions of dollars on Google alone um, in my own account, you know, not for other people. So it's, it's all a custom thing where it's just a matter of looking at what they're selling, the psychology of the buyer, and uh, then just kind of presenting all the options. So we don't have like a, you know, a package or anything. It's very, uh, very custom. Awesome. It's fascinating, you know, how, how deep something can go, even when it's straightforward. Now I'm going to make an assumption and I'm going to ask you to correct me if I'm wrong about that, but I imagine one of the things that that's involved with, with what you and your firm does is regarding scaling. You're helping people with, with scaling mm-hmm. issues. 
And under the assumption that that's what happens, and I imagine you see a lot of stuff in your, you know, expert uh, view and in your experience, <laughs> what are the biggest challenges people often face when they're trying to scale? Like, and, and what are the best ways in your opinion of helping them get over that? Yeah, I think, I think one of the biggest things that we, we see a lot of as people scale is that, um, the, there's the assumption that things will scale in a straight line and that once you have the targeting right and the ads right and the offer right, the message right, that you're just going to be able to, you know, get that, uh, you know, 3x return or whatever the target is on your ads and it's kind of a set it and forget it kind of thing. Um, so one of the biggest misconceptions is that you know, what's working right now is going to maintain the, the, uh, you know, the same results that, uh, that you're, you're getting with it because over time, um, you know, that stops. So I think that a big thing that's really important is that, you know, you always have to be testing different, different angles and different, uh, you know, whether that's different ads, uh, you know, in terms of like the actual, you know, text or images, um, or, you know, other platforms, you always just have to be testing different things because everything is, is, uh, everything, you know, is something that is, it's going to work for a while and then you're going to have to tweak it, you know, to, uh, be able to continue to scale your budget up. Gotcha. Cool. Now, Obviously, we're we're going down the rabbit hole here of like you know marketing questions, and I'm I'm asking you these questions because we're getting some real gold out here, just in terms of you know these these insights. Like again, assuming something's going to be working when it's not, and and really the understanding of the difference between Facebook and and other platforms. And I do know that one of your passions is personal development, and I'm wondering, does that come into play through the marketing or through the process of what you do, or is that a complete side thing that that doesn't really even dip into it? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I've, I've always been into personal development and, uh, you know, I'm always, I think as part of that, you know, just interested in learning and, you know, learning uh, new things and staying up to date and improving, uh, you know, myself personally, and then also improving my skills professionally. So I think that that does play a role in things because, um, you know, I stay really current and am constantly learning and improving. And I really look at, you know, like our clients, uh, like if we're managing uh, something for a client, you know, I look at it as um, the same way that I would uh, in running, you know, my own business. So I think that, uh, you know, personal development, you know, as I get better, you know, then, um our team gets better, you know, and our clients get better results and just staying current is a big thing. Um, you know, there's that, uh, I don't know, in personal development, I mean, you know, at least in my experience, it's just personal development, never, if you're really, really into it, it, it there's never an end point, you know, there's always uh, continual improvement. So I think that, uh, that's, that's how it plays in. 
Awesome. Yeah. I mean, I know me, like I don't do much copywriting for people anymore, but when I did and they had a problem and, you know, I'd almost like coach them out of their concerns and their worries. Mm -hmm. I, 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 you know, it wasn't even on purpose. It was kind of like, I just naturally like pulled stuff out based on my own personal development journey. So I, I imagine that that probably might come into play for someone like you spending millions of dollars. I'm like, I'm not even on that level of spending millions. I imagine, you know, you might encounter clients that are having a a question or a concern and it's more of like it's you know to some people it might sound silly but i think it's really valuable where you're looking at the glass is half full and you're taking in a in the perspective of optimism and that might be helping the situation for them yeah and and i think i think with that you know one of the things that um you know i i really love just the whole um game of business you know i've been an entrepreneur uh since i was a teenager you know and I, I just love uh, getting exposed to different industries and working with cool people and, you know, learning new things. And, uh, you know, I think that, you know, there's definitely something uh, that's kind of fulfilling, you know, in helping businesses grow. And, you know, we have some, some clients, you know, that are, you know, large clients that, you know, have large budgets, but, to me, like I get just as excited when we can get a big win for a client that maybe their budget is only a few thousand dollars a month. Um, because I just really, uh, you know, I just really love business and, you know, figuring out how to make things work in different industries and, you know, with different, uh, different uh, types of uh, offers and, you know, just seeing people succeed. I mean, I just, I just really get a lot of fulfillment out of that. I love it. Yeah. There's something about, you know, not that you always want to work with only a little, but there is a certain rush in getting a lot out of a little and taking right. someone's small budget and converting a 10 X or 50 X or whatever it might be in a way that, you know, obviously spending big bucks and getting big results is good too, but there's something about helping that little guy and letting them feel like that they're established and that they can really enjoy their business and make something of it. Yeah, I mean, because I think one of the things that um, really just experience over the years helps out with is just being able to look at look at a business objectively, uh, whether it's a small business or a large business, and generally being able to just see some things that are kind of like low hanging fruit or quick wins that we could do uh, to you know get some uh, quick sales or, uh, you know, generate, uh, revenue quickly. Um, just because they're probably just minor little things that, um, someone that is maybe in the business doesn't, doesn't really see. It's just kind of, it needs that outside perspective. And then also maybe they see it and they just don't realize how they can utilize it. So we, we find a help business owners, like find a lot of like hidden uh, assets that they have in their business or things that they can do that, um, you know, maybe it just takes a little bit of um, a little bit of effort to get like a large result. And, you know, sometimes that, that doesn't even have to necessarily be ads based. You know, like it could be just a matter of helping them, uh, you know, with increased business that uh, that they're doing with their current customer base, you know, increase their frequency, increase, you know, 
what uh, what the customers are buying in terms of getting them to, you know, add more services. I mean, there's so many different different uh, things, and you know, so it's something that uh, you know we can, we can get a lot of quick wins for that, or if it's a business that you know is uh, spending you know a lot of money online, they're really they're really looking more for you know, what the, the return is. And, you know, some of our clients, it's kind of like spend as much money as you possibly can within these metrics. But, you know, then there are the others, like you said, that, you know, it's like, we want to make sure that, uh, you know, if we, we understand, you know, the cash flow of the company, the goals and, you know, and, and know that, you know, if they need, uh, you know, more immediate revenue, you know, then there are other, there are things that we can incorporate that will, uh, you know, be able to, in almost every business, you know, there are things, you know, we'll be able to incorporate that uh, we'll be able to help them get some immediate revenue. Awesome. Now, I know you got to obviously maintain a level of confidentiality here. We don't want to give out mm-hmm. personal info. And this question is a little bit off the cuff, just because just we're on the topic. I'm curious. Do you remember any stories or examples in particular where like a really huge insight, you got a win for someone where they weren't even expecting it, but once they implemented whatever it was, they got like a huge mind blowing result. Oh yeah. I think, I think one of the, that we see one of the things along those lines that we see all the time is just people that when they are just running ads in one ad network, just uh, taking their existing um, audience and, you know, the, uh, the visitors that have come through, you know, from those, uh, you know, ad campaigns and just expanding um, out to other ad networks and diversifying usually gets really good results um, really quickly in the beginning because, you know, you, you already have some people that, you know, have responded to or shown interest, you know, in the ads that you already have. So uh, just reaching those same people in other places and, uh, you know, so they start uh, re-engaging and, you know, have multiple touch points. That's a big one. Um, In terms of like an actual story, uh, you know, one of the, the one client that we worked with, uh, had a, you know, had a high ticket offer. So, you know, she sold a course that, uh, you know, was priced, um, above $5,000 and it, uh, her business was doing well for, for years. You know, she was generating a couple hundred thousand dollars a month in revenue from it. Um, and she was spending about 50,000 a month, uh, on Facebook ads. So, you know, everything sounds pretty good, you know? And so she didn't really do a lot of tracking or, uh, you know, insight. It was kind of like the only advertising she spent money on was the Facebook ads. So she knew I'm spending 50 a month. I'm making a couple hundred thousand. That's good. You know? And when we started working with her, she wanted to scale up, but we actually put in a bunch of tracking and kind of audited her account. And what we found is that even though she had been consistently spending about 50,000 a month, 
that over time, you know, different ads had gotten less effective and, and things. And we actually basically were able to, to keep ourselves at the same level while actually cutting her Facebook ad spend to 20,000. Wow. And because we found that in tracking about 30,000 a month um, and ads were actually not generating sales for her. So that was just wasting money um, because she didn't realize that she was getting a lot of sales organically from being on podcasts and just uh, public speaking and just, referrals and some of these other sources that, um, you know, you, you always want to, you know, have, um, and she wasn't separating it out, you know, in terms of tracking to figure out that, um, it, it basically some of the revenue was not coming from Facebook ads. So whenever we figured out which ads were working and which weren't, uh, you know, she, she realized that she, had been spending about 30,000 a month for over a year. So a couple hundred thousand dollars on uh, ads that weren't working. And the 20,000 or so of that was being spent on ads that were working. And she just didn't notice it because she was uh, getting more and more referrals and, you know, organic sales. Wow. So my, I mean, I'm not the best guy with numbers, but it sounds like you basically saved her $360,000 per year. Yeah. Her, she, she actually, you know, came out to our office, uh, you know, in California and she, uh, you know, is from, uh, a lower cost of living state. And she, you know, she just said her response to that whenever we broke everything down was so basically a house. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Pretty much, man. Wow. That's amazing. See, that, that's got to be the stuff that puts a smile on your face. I mean, here's a person who's, you know, highly successful. She doesn't need the house, but like what a win to give this person. Yeah. And, you know, and it's one of those things that going along, you know, with that consultative approach, like one of the things, you know, with her is like she originally wanted to scale, you know, but whenever she realized that, you know, she could maintain sales at the current level, but actually you know, keep an extra 30,000 a month in her pocket, you know, then that changed the dynamics a little bit. And, uh, you know, I think that, you know, every situation is different. Sometimes, uh, you know, scaling a business adds, you know, more workload, depending on if you sell what types of services you sell. And so I think that that's an important thing too, is that, we're not only about helping people spend more money. Sometimes we can actually help them spend less because they may just want to streamline their business or, you know, they may want to maintain what they currently have, but just not uh, spend as much money on advertising and, you know, be able to save some money for a while. So, you know, that's, it's so interesting. I've never thought of this before, but that's an amazing insight because I know there's more to scaling than just money. Some people Mm -hmm. want to scale because they just want to be the big name or maybe some other, you know, motivation, but 99% of people, I assume they, they want to scale because they want more money. In other words, they don't want to scale. They just want more money. And I think it's very interesting because sometimes we assume that scaling is the path of least resistance, the quickest way from A to B for that. 
but there might be another way hiding right under your nose that's going to put a lot more money in your pocket on a lot less effort. So I've never thought about that before. Thank you for that story and kind of giving me this new perspective. Yeah. And, you know, just to add to that, one thing that, you know, if you want to look at math, um, you know, saving money like that, uh, you know, is actually, you're actually in most businesses, depending on what your profit margins are and things like that, um, you're actually, a savings is actually more valuable than an increase in revenue. Um, Because let's say that, you know, if, if, on average, a business, like after all their um, marketing, you know, and their fulfillment costs and, you know, all their costs that their profit margins are about, uh, you know, say 20%. You know, if they um, bring in bring in a hundred thousand dollars, you know, that's going to put 20,000 in their pocket, you know, to 20% profit margin. But if they just save $20,000, that $20,000 is a direct savings. It's not going to be like if it were 20,000 in um, increased revenue, you know, that would only get them 4,000 in their pocket. Does that make sense? It makes, makes sense to me. That's awesome, man. I love this. You know, it's funny. We're, we're having this talk and, and you're dropping these these bombs of gold right here. I was curious because I know you started out young. What was your first venture and what was the biggest takeaway lesson that you got out of it? You know, it was a uh, self-taught computer repair. Um, I was born uh, and raised in a very small town in rural West Virginia um, you know, and once I got on the internet, um, I, I was just really, um, I, I really saw that there was just so much opportunity out there because being from a small town and, you know, and, uh, quite honestly, you know, the, the primary industry there, you know, was like, uh, coal mining and things like that. You know, there, there's not a lot of opportunity there. Um, if you look at just the local area. And so when I got online um, and I realized that you can be anywhere and, uh, you know, work with people that are outside of your location, that was a big thing for me um, because, you know, I realized that uh, I could learn from people uh, that were, you know, anywhere in the world really. And I could have customers that were anywhere in the world. Um, I could, you know, have uh, vendors and uh, use services uh, from anywhere in the world. And that was really a a big, uh, a big thing. But as far as like the, the first business, it was uh, self-taught computer repair. Uh, I just made flyers and uh basically you know my theory with the self-taught stuff was I thought you know I'm pretty good at learning stuff and researching and I I can figure out almost anything so uh if I if I can't I just won't charge the the person you know so I just put up flyers I put little uh ads in the newspaper and you know basically as I as I started making money you know I was invest reinvesting it back into growing and then that led into uh web design 
which led into um, website hosting, like the servers that websites are on. Um, and that led into telecom and uh, then into consulting and marketing. So definitely kind of a, you know, a progression there. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I mean, obviously, again, it sounds like even the way you talk about like reinvesting in your business at such a young age, did you have any mentors guiding you or did you read um, certain books? Like where did you pick up the insights that you did as you moved forward in your entrepreneurial career? Yeah, I, I, I learned a lot online, um, you know, and there were definitely, uh, you know, some books and things too. Like it was kind of like in, you know, I was in middle school making a, a, a lot of money and doing all this. And it was interesting because like, I was always interested in like, say, like if we go to the library, you know, I would go for like the personal development books and things. And, you know, some of the people around me, even, you know, uh, my family, you know, like my parents were not entrepreneurial and, you know, they, my dad was a coal miner. My mom was a homemaker. Um, nothing wrong with that. That's, that's great. But, you know, they didn't really understand um, what, why I was interested in some of the things I was interested in, in terms of like personal development and growth um, and all of that. So, basically just from an early age, I was just kind of, you know, in a, in a way kind of addicted to self-help and improvement and learning, uh, both, uh, you know, in terms of personal and just in terms of skills. And so I really just kind of, uh, kind of just dove in and just researched things online and tried to figure out, you know, what other people were, we're doing that was working. So social media wasn't a huge thing back then, but message boards. Uh, so like industry message boards and things like that, I would kind of see what other, other people were doing, uh, you know, figure out, okay, well, they're running ads in the newspaper or whatever. And I would just kind of model, model other people that had what I uh, wanted to have, or we're doing what I wanted to do. Awesome. I love it. You know, it's, there's such a perfect lesson in that, you know, the information to succeed is out there. Some of it you pay for, some of it's for free, but if you're looking, you're going to find it. And, you know, no, I know you've, again, you've kind of sourced it from so many different places, but, you know, off the top of your head, based on what you've done, is there any either business or marketing or personal development or all books off the top of your head that you would recommend if someone's looking for a good starting point? Um, yeah, I, you know, some of my, my, uh, current, current favorites right now, um, you know, I am, uh, a big follower of, uh, Nathan Lodka, uh, L-A-T-K-A. Um, he has a book, uh, how to be a capitalist without any capital. And I think that it's a really good book that gives people, um, it basically exposes people to different ideas and ways to make money that are outside of the box. And, um, you know, another, just in terms of, uh, personal development that I think, uh, really helps with like the, um, 
the mental toughness and, you know, getting, getting through, uh, you know, all the ups and downs in, in business, um, you know, is, uh, by a book by Nick Bear, B-A-R-E. He, uh, was an army officer that, uh, has a supplement company, um, and it's called, uh, uh, 25 hours a day. Nice. Pretty cool. Since you're on current stuff, I'll, I'll have to find a way to put my book in your hands and convince you to recommend it on, if you ever asked about law of attraction <laughs> stuff. <laughs> um, cool. yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. So we're almost out of time here, but I obviously, you know, I want to make sure like if people wanted to find out a little bit more about you, connect with you, um, maybe they are interested in profit later and finding out more about that. Like what's the best way for them to reach you? Yeah, sure. Um, they can go to profitlayer.com. Um, you know, and just reach out to me using the contact info there. Um, they can email me, Tim at profitlayer.com, uh, or they can find me on pretty much any uh, social media platform uh, under Timothy Dick. And, uh, you know, that's LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, any of those. And, uh, you know, I'm, uh, I always love uh, meeting uh, interesting people and other entrepreneurs. And so anyone out there, uh, feel free to, you know, find me and reach out. I love it. Well, Tim, you've been, you've been awesome here. I, I guess one more question. And I know you've sure. been so great about kind of following these threads as I, as I took us down different paths, but you know, there's, I'm not sure if we covered all the perfect stuff. There's anything left. I guess the one thing I'd ask you is if there's any piece of advice that you don't think we've covered yet, whether it's in business or personal development or both, that you might want to share with people listening today, what might that be? You know, I think one of the the biggest things is that um, there are always going to be ups and downs in business. You know, there are always going to be challenges that come up. Uh, no matter how successful someone is, we, you know, we all go through them. Uh, you know, it, they may be different, you know, at different times, but I think that one of the biggest things is that, you know, I would, I would really encourage people to um, not be so hard on themselves. I think a lot of entrepreneurs, uh, you know, put a lot of pressure on themselves and anytime there's something that, you know, comes up, whether it's like, you know, maybe it's a financial challenge or, uh, you know, something that they have to overcome within their business or, you know, a project doesn't go right, something like that. I think that, uh, you know, just, just realize that that's normal, that all companies have, have things that come up and you're always going to have those ups and downs and, um, you know, just don't take it, don't take it too personally or be hard on yourself. And, uh, you know, take care of yourself and, you know, reach out to, uh, you know, to other entrepreneurs uh, to, um, you know, get support if you need it, you know, and uh, a lot of times it's funny because like, you know, sometimes people, they may not have the best support system within their personal life for their business problems, not because those people don't really care about them, but because they just, don't understand the business side of things and have that perspective. So I would say, you know, reaching out to other entrepreneurs, whether it's in, you know, a, a, uh, 
you know, like a mastermind group or, you know, just even just an entrepreneur that, uh, you know, that you follow, you know, and just saying, Hey, you know, you know, would you, uh, talk to me for a little while? Um, sometimes just talking to someone that understands things, uh, has been through things and just getting that reassurance can really help. So, you know, it's basically don't be hard, too hard on yourself. There are always going to be ups and downs and, uh, you can, uh, you can get through it, just utilize any support around you and, uh, uh, just keep moving forward and get, try to get, uh, better, you know, every day. I love that answer. And, you know, even hiding, not, not so sneakily in that answer, but a little bit more obviously is, you know, connect with other entrepreneurs and be there for them. And then they will be there for you because I think some people are really good about making connections. They're really on top of it. And other people, even if they're succeeding in their business or because they're succeeding in their business, they kind of keep to themselves, not realizing that really missing out by not connecting with other entrepreneurs, independent of the money that comes in or how well the business does. So that to me, hearing you say that um, while insightful in and of itself, I also got this reminder of like, it's always good to connect to other entrepreneurs because even if they're in a different business, they really understand you and they understand what it means to keep a business running. So, so thank you for that, Tim. And thank you, by the way, for, for all this, this has been a really interesting conversation. You've been so generous, not only with your time, but in the thoroughness of your answers and the insight and wisdom that you're sharing based on your experience. And um, I know I speak for my listeners when, when I tell you, I really appreciate it. And I think a lot of people are going to get a lot out of this episode. Thank you. And I, I hope that, uh, that they do. And, uh, you know, I, uh, you know, really appreciate the the opportunity uh, to, you know, connect with, uh, connect with your, your audience and, uh, you know, provide uh, any, you know, help that I can. Thank you again, Tim. That was awesome. Guys, you definitely want to check out ProfitLayer.com. Tim obviously knows his stuff and he's also around on social media. I'll leave a link or two in the section of ShatteredOmoldPodcast.com where this episode resides. And while I'm giving out links, quick reminder, you can go to Last lawofattractionbook.com if you want to check out my book the last law of attraction book you'll ever need to read or youtube.com slash andrew cap if you want to check out the youtube content devoted to it with that said thanks as always for being here and stay tuned there are more awesome guests on the way i will see you next time thank you for listening to shatter the mold at www.shatterthemoldpodcast.com my name is andrew s kaplan My name is Andrew S. Kaplan, and it's time to shatter the mold.